0: Financial residency podcasts are brought to you this week by WeatherbyHealthcare.com. Just as the right advice helps you thrive financially, the right support team allows you to excel professionally. Weatherby Healthcare's Locums experts will match you with the best jobs, prepare you for success, and provide 24 7 support. The bottom line is that working Locums with Weatherby helps you earn more money and take better control of your career. If that sounds like music to your ears, Head over to weatherbyhealthcarecom slash payday to get started. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. I'd like to welcome John Apino back with Contract Diagnostics. Hey, John, how are you today?
1: Hey, I am good. I am good. We've got, you know, yeah, I mean, things are good. You know, we've got lots of inputs coming in with all kinds of new compensation data here and You know, it's our, you know, the summer, we take lots of time to prepare and, you know, how we can educate people and share what we know with everybody as we move through the year. As you know, you know, people, you know, as it's July now, and as they shift jobs, they shift into their, um, their final year of training and they start doing interviews, you know, we want to be there to help with whatever. So I'm glad that we're doing a a call today on unique ways that we can help people with whichever situation that they're looking at. So what's on your mind today?
0: Well, We had talked a while back about creatively negotiating. You know, sometimes you have offer of X amount of dollars and maybe they're not going to budge on that. But what other things can we negotiate here? How can we make our contracts better?
1: Yeah. So we love this topic at contract diagnostics. (laughs) You know, we look at contracts all day and, you know, people always want to know, is this negotiable? Is it not negotiable? And You know, some things are binary, yes and no. And some physicians, you know, there's great books out there. Dr. Catherine, our educator here, love Chris Voss is the name. And it's called Never Split the Difference. I've never read his book, but I've listened to a lot of his content. I've taken his masterclass, which is very cool. And he's like a negotiator, former negotiator for the FBI. He talks about like how to negotiate, right? And I think a lot of people, when they think of negotiating your contract, you know, you think you go straight to compensation. So let's start there. Most positions, let's say the salary the contract says you get paid a salary, it's three hundred thousand. And most positions say, okay, I want to negotiate the salary. Think, okay, well, what can we all ask? For? Well, I'm going to ask for three fifty. I'm going to ask for three twenty five, and they say yes or they say no. But it's not that binary, you know. And maybe if you say I want three fifty, they say no. You say, well, how about three twenty five? They say yes or they say no, you know. And you think, okay, I did a good job at negotiating. But sometimes it's not that simple. It's good to have it's good to have you know numbers in your head with where you want to be. But I think negotiating a contract to like, like what you guys have in your head for your patient care algorithm. You know, if a patient, if I look at a chart and says they're dizzy, okay, I'm immediately thinking these five things. Now I'm gonna look at their lab for those five things. Maybe they don't, maybe they do drink enough. And I'm not a doctor, so I'm gonna get this terrible and totally wrong. <laughs> Maybe they don't have a sodium imbalance or maybe their fluid level is good. Maybe their blood pressure is not too low from their lisinopril or whatever, you know. Maybe, you know, they don't have any neurological disorders and you start to kind of check one off or maybe you don't know. So you want to have neurology consult or you want to have a test done on a lab. And so you kind of have this algorithm in your head, right? If they say this, I'm curious about these things. If these check no, then I'm going to go this way. If they say yes here, then I'm going to go here, right? at the end of the algorithm is my decision now is to recommend a prescription medication or to recommend a lifestyle change or to recommend a consult from a different specialist or to fill in the blank. But you don't go in saying, if that's a binary, right? You need this medication, you will take this medication, right? There might Mm -hmm. be contraindications, there might be problems with their insurance. And so you're always trying to figure out a creative way to get the patient what they need. And a contract negotiation, especially around compensation is no different. So you don't want to say, I want 350, they say no, and you have nowhere else to go, right? Or say, okay, how about 325? You have nowhere else to go. So being creative with these things is super fun. And it's like that algorithm that's in your head. So maybe, for example, they're offering you 300 and you say, well, I want it 350. And they say, no, we won't give you 350. 300 is all we can do. Everyone starts Tammy at 300. We just can't go higher. You could say, okay, you can take the 300 or not, right? but it's one of those things where maybe we don't just accept the 300 or not. Maybe we say, I'll take the 300 first year if that's what everyone gets paid. But year two, I want 325, year three, I want 350. Ah, so now we're getting to 350 over three years. Maybe if we don't ask for that, you won't get a raise. Maybe they will give you a raise, but maybe it's gonna be less than the 25 grand a year. So there's all these different ways that we can be creative with something like your base salary, okay? And that's just one small example on base salary. Maybe there's a way that we step up the bonus structure. So we like to think of compensation structures with levers. So if you have a bonus structure for RVU, you have a salary. There's a lever, right? We can ask for more. You have a conversion factor. Okay, that's a lever. We can ask for a higher one per RVU. You have likely a threshold. Okay, that's a lever. We can ask for a lower one. So maybe they say, look, we can't change the base salary. Okay, maybe we now shift to the production model. Can they do a higher RVU or can they do a lower threshold? Can they do a combination of the two? Maybe you say you lead in with the question, what do you think I'll do in RVUs? Oh, you'll easily bonus hundred grand your first year. Okay. Why is it a problem then increasing my base salary? So we can also think about how we layer and how we structure and order the questions, but maybe they say, look, nope, we just can't change. The RVU rate is the RVU rate. It's always $62 for the department. Okay. Maybe they can put a kicker in, right? Maybe it's like, okay, how about my first 10,000? I get paid 62 bucks. Then after that, I get paid 65. Then after 12,000, I get paid 68. So we could put like a tiering structure in, right? That incentivizes maybe the physician to work harder and be more efficient or even forego vacation time if they so choose to be more productive. The facility wins because they get you know more cases, more patients, they get to help more people and it's a benefit for everybody. So maybe we don't negotiate The salary, but we negotiate the structure of of the bonus. And maybe it's just not binary as the RVU goes from 62 to 64. Maybe it steps up over time. Maybe maybe the contract doesn't say anything about when it's reevaluated. Maybe you're signing a contract out two years and it says everyone gets paid 62 bucks for the conversion factor, but it can change at any time. Maybe we just want a line there that says it can't go down. But if you hire someone between now and when I start, that's above 62, I get the higher rate. So there's all these other ways that we can think about just talking about negotiating. Your salary or your bonus structure, that's more creative than just saying, I want 350. The answer is no. How about 325? The answer is no. Same thing with the signing bonus, right? Maybe they say, look, we can't double the signing bonus. So maybe you pivot and say, okay, I'll take the signing bonus as is, but I also want our retention bonus. Let's say the signing bonus is 20,000 bucks. Okay, so I want 40, can't do 40. Well, I'll do 20,000 this year, 10,000 next year, 10,000 next year. That way, if I quit, you guys don't even owe me anything. But you can still tell all the other doctors you're going to hire. We've never given anybody more than 20 grand for their signing bonus, which is a true statement for the hospital now, right? Or maybe we say, okay, I'll take the 20 grand, but I want it 10,000 now when I sign and 10,000 later when I start. Or maybe you say, I don't want a signing bonus. I want just increase in my base salary. You know, or maybe, again, depending on your frame, maybe you take less of a base salary and a higher signing bonus that first year because it allows you to purchase a home that you want. Maybe there's a way where they're saying, look, we'll give you three hundred grand and a $20,000 signing bonus. Well, maybe you say, look, I really want down payment for a house. So how about I do $200,000 salary my first year, $120,000 signing bonus. My second year salary is three hundred. dollars Now I got one hundred twenty dollars taxes, yes or no, depending on how they structure it. And now I can go put that down payment on my dream house like I want. And so maybe that's something that they could think through as far as being creative with how they're just structuring it by asking for less of a salary the first year. But of course, having a step up in that second year. So those are just ways that you can negotiate compensation in general. And again, we could talk all day long about what if you're hourly or what if you're on a shift rate or what if there's a quality incentive or what if there's, you know, but I know that, you know, your listeners don't want to listen to me chat for, you know, two hours on this. And those are some examples of how a physician can creatively think through their own contract negotiations around compensation.
0: And I like the way you kind of position most of those. It sounded like you tried to come up with a win-win for not only the physician, but for the hospital. So probably a better chance of success when you're you know yeah. saying, Hey, if I work harder, you can give me more money but you'll get more production out of me. If I stay for 3 years, 4 years, 5 years, you know, you're agreeing up front to give me more money, but I'm also agreeing up front to you that I'm going to stay longer. So, I think you'd have more success yeah. in doing those things that you've mentioned to us today.
1: Yeah, and that's what hospitals want to hear. They don't just want to hear what's in it for you. They want sure. to hear what's in it for the group, what's in it for the department, what's in it for them. And that's just a sales you know tactic if you will right the benefits for me the benefits for you features and the benefits i mean again physicians you guys are scientists you don't get trained on this aspect but that's why we're here to do whatever we can through this venue or whatever you know on how we can help educate you guys on how to make creative negotiations or how to better understand the contractor do due diligence or ask the right questions with the right person at the right time
0: excellent well outside of compensation what other types of things on the contract have you had luck negotiating creatively?
1: Oh I mean lots of things. So like let's take example another thing that people are really concerned about, restrictive covenants. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can talk tail interest next if you like, but like restrictive covenants. Well everyone has a non-compete. We don't take it away for anybody. Well maybe we just modify right maybe it only goes into effect after a year. So as you know, a new physician in the community, they don't have a big patient following. If they leave the group, the hospital's not going to lose, you know, thousands of patients that this physician has followed them. But over time, they become more valuable. So we feel it makes sense to have a non-compete that might be delayed starting for a year, right? I mean, if you show up three months later, you're gone. Nobody even knows you. Why would they care if you went across town and to worked for somebody else? And that's going to be competitive to them. Now they might lose money on the recruiting, which you can talk about negotiating, but maybe we can put like a buyout provision in there. Some contracts have buyout provisions. You can buy your way out of the non-compete. Sometimes they're called liquidated damages. And oftentimes it's a big number. One times your W-2 earnings or one times your salary. So maybe we negotiate that down to 50 grand. So would the local hospital competing with this one off give you 50,000 of a signing bonus grossed up for taxes so you could buy your way out of the non-compete? Maybe. Like we said before, would they delay the non-compete starting for a year? which means you still have a non-compete in your contract. So they can tell everyone, oh, we've never taken a non-compete out for anybody. Nope, you still have it in yours. It just says after a year of employment, the non-compete is X, Y, and Z, all right? Maybe they say they leave the non-compete in, but they take away the satellite claim. Maybe it's a private practice and they leave the non-compete in there, but if they sell out to private equity, they take it away. Or if they sell out to private equity and you're not a partner, that you can get out of it for 10 grand or a a small fee. Right? as a consideration for your you not becoming a partner because they stole. So there's lots of different ways that we could be creative with non-compete by leaving a non-compete in there and having the physician do some creative wiggle room around negotiating for themselves on how they're going to have this show up in the contract if and when certain things take place.
0: Makes sense. And then you talked about tail coverage also.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So That's same huge. thing. Maybe Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it could be tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars for a physician to come out of pocket with. So, you know, if they're obligated to buy their tail insurance, you know, maybe it vests over time. So maybe if they leave in the first year, they're buying all of it. If they leave in the second year, they'll buy 66%. If they leave in the third year, they'll buy 66, but they'll buy 33%. And after the third year, the facility buys it. Maybe there's a way of saying, look, as I work for you, as you guys make money on me, you can afford to pay for the tail insurance. So I want the tail insurance to be paid by you in the event that I've completed four years of successful work or two years of successful work or 10 years of successful work, you know, whatever they're willing to do. You could also, instead of saying, I want the tail insurance paid, yes or no, you could have it paid in certain situations. Same thing like before, if they sell out to private equity, and you don't want to go along for the ride, they got to buy the tail insurance. You know, I know we've done previous episodes where we've talked about these large national employment, you know, these large national companies that that recruit physicians for their hospital contracts, you know, team health and sound physicians and some of those other ones. Well, maybe you could have something put in there that says if they lose the facility contract, this is what happens. So it's not just binary. This is out or in a contract. It's in the contract, but it's only in place in certain situations. And there might be other situations in which you could negotiate tail insurance that's split 50-50. Or maybe it's, you know, that you can continue the policy. So maybe there's a carve out where the policy is a claims policy and you want to go work. You want to keep the policy. Maybe you're in a state like California or, or Massachusetts or another one that doesn't typically have non competes. And maybe if the malpractice, if you're not working there anymore, you don't want the policy to end, you just wanna start paying the premiums because you're gonna do a 1099 contractor or you're gonna go start your own. So maybe you want that contract to say, in the event that you don't work there, tail will be bought. No, maybe you want to say, in the event that you don't work here, you can continue the policy on your own and take over the premium payments or tail out. Now you get to choose, right? Didn't now, even if you know that was Texas, an option. Yeah, and if you're moving to Texas, then you can't continue the policy in Texas, it's a California policy, most likely, right? Depending on the contract terms. But you know that would be an option for a physician who might want to retain their, the current policy they have without tailing out and going and buying one for themselves. They maybe just take over the payments. So that would be an option as well. But again, every situation is different. It's important to have your contract looked at by somebody who knows what they're doing. But at the end of the day, not say, I want you to pick up tail, yes or no. I want a higher salary, yes or no. I want the non-compete in or out. Being able to say, here are some other options. And again, being able to use that algorithm in your head that you don't have currently, but you can get with the right training. You have it with the patient care. You know, If the knee hurts, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. If the blood pressure is low, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And this is what we do here is we help guide and coach everybody on how to come up with that algorithm as you're handling the employer's discussion. If this, then that. If they say no, then say this. If they say yes, then you could say this. And so that's what we specialize in. And that's what hopefully we gave some examples on people if they wanted to do it on their own, I discourage it, but if they just wanted some ideas on some things, hopefully we've touched on some of them today. If nothing else, it's lend the physician who's listening today to just think differently about how they're looking at their contract And how they're maybe coming up with their points for negotiations or for clarifications or how they're going to have that dialogue with the discussion, with the employer, I'm sorry.
0: I know when you do contract reviews or compensation reviews, you typically take, what, 30 minutes after you've got the data put together to go over that information and kind of lay these things out for the physician so they understand what they're looking at. How often do you then go forward with the actual negotiation versus teaching the physician how to do it themselves?
1: Yeah, so it all depends on which package they have. We have our compensation package, which is a 30-minute phone call to talk about their compensation. All of our contract reviews come with a full hour. So we don't just send you an email. We don't just, we don't redline anything. That's not what we do here. We spend a full hour discussing the terms and coaching the physician on ideas that they have. With whatever package they have. Now, if they don't want to do the discussion or the negotiation, we have a package where we can take their points and go bring that to the employer. We can help the physician from a timing perspective. It's generally more efficient. We can help the physician put those points together. And since we've done this a lot, we can be creative with what the physician might want to ask or how to ask. We're really good at asking dial down questions, you know. So if you're in one of those calls with your employer or if we're in it on behalf of the physician, And you mentioned something about, you know, a question around what is the expectation with the production in the first and the second year? And the employer may say, oh, well, we fully expect her to generate 7,000 RVUs in her second year or her first year. Well, we can look at the compensation plan and easily say, so you think that she'll easily have a $60,000 bonus in the first year? Oh, of course, John. Everyone's waiting for that physician to get to town. Well, if you're so confident, then it would be unheard of. If you think they're going to be guaranteed a bonus of 60 grand, the request of increasing the base salary by 30 grand is not unheard of, right? Because you're so confident they're going to bonus 60. So she'll take a salary of 330 and a 30,000 bonus instead of a salary of 300 and a 60,000 bonus. So being able to ebb and flow in those calls is super important. And yeah, we can help the physician do that for them, or we can you know coach them on how to do it on their own. But yeah, we definitely do those discussions with the employers. Again, some are very open to our thoughts and ideas and doing the due diligence for the physician. Others, they'll talk with us, but they still have the standards compensation plan and they won't change it. But it doesn't mean that having all the right questions and doing all the right due diligence isn't super important. And when we do those, same thing that we tell the physician when they're doing it on their own, take lots of notes. We typically take three, four, five pages of notes. We're almost like your scribe in that process, right? So we take tons and tons of notes when we do that on behalf of the physician. So the physician can kind of see here is how they answered the questions that I had. Yeah, we definitely do those. But of course, if we can help somebody and coach them on doing it by themselves, that's what we're here for as well. We love to educate. We love to teach, as you know.
0: Absolutely. Well, John, thanks for coming back on the show again. I just, I love that you're so available and you've educated our audience on so many things so far. I look forward to even having you back here in the future again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Anything the FR community needs, of course, we'll be here for you guys. So thanks for having us on. We always appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And be sure to listen to Coffee and Contracts. John's with us twice a week, just talking about different aspects of contract negotiations. So always tune in for that. And hope to see you all back next week for Grand Rounds. If you're ready to start boosting your earning power with locums, Head over to weatherbyhealthcare.com slash payday to learn more.